Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I need a couple people. There's, I know there's not a lot of people. I'm going to need an extra measure of response. I, I need you all to represent the voices of like five people. Um, welcome to LBCF. If you're new here, what a time to start attending church. It is, it is, a, it is strange. It is a weird thing to have to navigate. Um, 2022, this is our first um, official gathering. We had our prayer and blessing last week, and we sat outside in chairs, and and even though that was kind of small, we were able to sit with people and just talk, and it felt so great. Um, and we, we know, and as I've been talking with the pastoral team, um, we have a sense of hope. Um, regardless of what every possible news source wants to feed you. We have a sense of hope. Um, and my Christmas was great. I got to go see my parents in Bishop. Um, just about everyone in my family got sick because we don't have good snow clothes. Um, my mom made her famous tacos. I got a firewood stand. I ordered myself a bidet. I don't know if I should even be talking about this. I got... You get really excited about weird things, I'm finding, as, as I get older. I got socks, and I was happy about it. Christmas was fantastic. Um, the craziness of our world right now has led to... Um, there's some really creative people making really good memes. And I, let's pull up that first slide right here. I, I love this. Nobody claimed 2022 as your year. We're all going to walk in real slow, be good, be quiet, be cautious and respectful, don't touch anything. And I thought that was like perfect. I was like the same warning that I give my kids when we're out shopping at all. I'm like, don't touch anything, just walk behind me. Um, that same sort of energy is what a lot of people are carrying into 2022. Like I've seen more people say like, I'm not having any goals this year. <laughs> I'm not going to try to make this my year. Um, and I just, I think that in a sense, like in, with all the craziness, for me, it helps to occasionally step back and just laugh at the insanity of some of it. And, and that helps me just to get from point A to point B sometimes because I realize that Groundhog's Day is not nearly as funny in real life when we're living it out right now. I'm like, oh, this is much more annoying than the beautiful movie with Bill Murray. But um but there's been a lot of really, I mean, the announcements today, in our, just in our community, there's been a lot of hard news over the last two weeks. One of the first people to greet me when I came to this church, he and his wife were here at the time. His wife passed away from battling cancer. But they were one of the most like loving, greeting people who welcomed me into the LBCF community. Um, just hearing what happened with Gina Christmas morning and the flood of other people who are dealing with people that they know or themselves are starting to get sick or how, how gripped they feel with this anxiety of how to make 
the right choice for themselves, knowing that both they need their physical health, but also how much, how long, how sick we are to, to just be with each other, how much we long to be close to each other, and how when we're in community that that actually cares for us in a, another way. Um, and I've, I've noticed in the midst of that, one of the biggest blessings that I've had is to be in a community that I'm actually blessed with um, that is small enough that we're able to rally around each other and care for each other in really practical and meaningful ways. Um, can we pull up the picture of that banner? Um, so this was a banner that was made by Ellie Reeves with Michaela and Nora Maligma, but they created this big, beautiful banner that they all went to the hospital and they made a bunch of noise and told Gina that they loved her and they were thinking about her. And as a person who spent some time in a hospital, um, that is so powerful and huge when, when you know that there are people there because when you're stuck in a hospital, one of the most painful things is when you look out your window and you see the traffic and you see life is continuing on without me. Things are moving forward whether I'm there or not and to know that there are people that are willingly pausing their life to be present with you is huge. And so that for me embodies the way that our community has shown up for each other and that's been such an encouragement in the midst of the craziness and in the midst of the painful things. But in this past couple weeks, and really over the last year, it's been that, that crazy overlap of how do I make the best choice for me and my family? And how do I know that sometimes that causes me to ask questions like, is the better choice to go, to go be with a friend? Um, because I am an Enneagram 7 extrovert, love to be with people. And when I don't have my people, when I'm not hanging out with other people, um, it starts to mess with my mind and my emotions, and, uh, and it's not good for me to be alone for that long. And I know that um, sometimes I've had to make that choice for both the LBAF community to make sure that, that I'm not putting anyone at risk to, to just look out for my own needs. But there's a lot of different ways of how to make the right choice feels really complex and complicated. And so today's message as I was preparing for it, I realized I need this. I need, to, I need to look at how do I perceive, how do I discern God's vision in my life? Because there's a lot of questions that are asked of me, that are asked of our pastoral team, of lead us into something in 2022. Provide us with a sense of direction and hope, and that asks big questions that I very often feel ill-equipped to answer. And, it's, um, and there are times where I feel ill-equipped just to answer the, the question of whether or not I should be grocery shopping today or not. Is it a healthy thing to go be in public? There's a lot of these questions where I'm trying to figure out what is God's vision for my life. And as I grew up, and I'm not sure how many of you have have this too, but when I grew up, there was this anxiety-ridden fear of missing God's best. That if you did not pick the right career, or if you didn't pick the right marriage partner, or if you didn't pick 
the right clothes to wear that day, that all of a sudden you were, there was this, this constant sense of you better be paying really close attention because you could miss it and spend the rest of your life living in this less than version of what your life could have been. God's vision then became this tool of panic and anxiety. And it created this hyper vigilance in people to constantly be asking a question. And it, and it often would paralyze people to not be able to make any choices because they were so worried that whatever choice they made would be the wrong choice. And that's the kind of Christian culture that I grew up in. And what I realize is that has nothing to do with what God wanted his people to embrace because that doesn't feel like Jesus. That sort of panicking sense of, of if we make any choice, we could be making the wrong choice. We should see that and be able to at least go, how does the loving and peaceful and forgiving reality of what we know to be true about Jesus fit into that sort of behavior. We should be asking a lot of really critical questions whenever God's vision becomes a tool that makes us more anxious. So, how do we do this? What should we do? How, when every choice that we make in our personal lives have a lot of external opinions where if you meet in person, you're, you, you are not cautious, you're not paying attention to the hurting. There's a lot of opinions that would say this is the wrong choice to even have the doors open. And believe me, I had some of those questions in my own heart of like, what's the best thing to do? Because I want to make sure not just that we make everybody happy, but what is the actual faithful choice here? What's the faithful choice that says regardless of how everybody will interpret the choices that I make, what is the most faithful thing for us to do? And that question gets really com complicated. It gets, com it gets complicated because in my own heart, every choice that I would make feels like the right choice. I once heard a quote that, that, that helped clarify this for me. Uh, there was a pastor that said, all of my anger feels like righteous anger. And that for me was such a helpful thing to remember that all of the things that I think are right, that if I just let myself be led by just what I feel is right, um, that often gets me in trouble, believe me. And the most paved path in our culture and in our time is to just fully trust your own instincts and surround yourself with, ha with other people that have those same sorts of instincts as well, who are similar, similar, similarly minded, and to distance and make small anybody that would challenge that with anything opposing. I want to open us to a text that I read as I was preparing for this, that I don't know if I had ever paid a lot of attention to before. Uh, it's Isaiah. So let's go to Isaiah 30. We will read verses 1 through 3, um, portions of it. I would encourage you to just go home and read the whole chapter. But as I read 
this, it made me chuckle because some of the ways that it described God's people and the challenge of how do we make the right choices, how do we live faithfully as God's people in the midst of really confusing times, um, it felt like it was reading the mail of our culture now. Um, it says, Woe to the, ob- to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Next slide. This is verses 9 through 11. For it says, For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They sit, now, this part's really interesting. They say to the seers, See no more visions. And to the prophets, Give no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way, get off this path, and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. This is, this is a big chunk, so take a deep breath. We're all going to get through it. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away until you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you, although the Lord gives you bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, away with you. Let's go back like three slides. Um, let's go back. Uh, let's go forward one more. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust. Repentance, rest, quietness, and trust. I can't think of something more countercultural to making choices right now than repenting, being humble, being able to say, this is where I have got it wrong. Being able to say, this is where we corporately have messed up and sent people on a wrong path. Rest. 
in a culture that says produce at all times. And if you take time off, you are wasting time. Every piece of motivational talk is wake up at 5 a.m. and start getting work done. We've not built in our society any amount of care for rest. And it's because the idea of Sabbath and rest being the way that we launch our weeks, that we start from a position of rest, means that as the church, regardless of what is happening out there in uh, our corporate culture, the church is meant to be the place where people can come and feel a break from that that relentless productivity. Sabbath is meant for us to start our weeks off knowing that God is handling it all. And repentance and rest, quietness, when everybody has a platform to shout their opinions, when everybody can start a blog or they've got their news feed or a Twitter account, and the more followers you have, all of a sudden that makes you think that, that your influence or that you are closer to being right. And so everybody is shouting their opinions because no, we have, we have, we have dissolved the foundational ability in each other to hear each other out, to listen to each other. And so things just get louder. Everything's an argument. It's exhausting. Quietness and trust in a time where nobody feels like they're capable of parsing out what is true and what's honest. How do we make these choices? But in Isaiah, very often as I grew up, the portion which drew me to this text was because one of the things that would be thrown at me all the time was, this is the way, walk in it. But nobody ever actually re- rewound the tape and said, what way? <laughs> like, what is the way that is being talked about here? The way that's being talked about where it says, this is the way, it's repentance and rest, quietness and trust. As we seek God's vision for your life, for ours, for our church, for what we want to embody as a community, if it is not founded on repentance, rest, quietness, and trust, then it is just a repackaged version of what the world is trying to sell us, where we are hustling all the time trying to figure out what is the most strategic, what is the most productive, what is the most impressive. God, as he spoke through Isaiah, seemed not interested in any of those pieces. He seemed interested. He said the way to walk in that he whispered in his ear was repentance, rest, quietness, and trust. So we see here that there is, I mean, history supports this, right? That there was the hubris and pride of the church and culture that refused to see that Galileo was correct when he said that the earth actually revolves around the sun and people called him a heretic. And they threw it, they threw it out because it was so countercultural. It was so away from what we had understood that that kind of pride prevented the church from embracing something new. 
that there was a brokenness and a desperation of is of Israel that constantly called them to des- that that constantly pushed them to desire a human king. And if you are aware of what happened in the Old Testament, that didn't play out very well for Israel. <laughs> they had a lot of problems, but when we base our vision and our choices on desperation and brokenness. We've seen how that plays out. Um, And so, all right. There is, there's these videos online and there are very few categories of things where every time I see, regardless of which one it is, um, I become very, I, I become very weepy because I, I'm not a very emotional guy typically, but when people do the earpiece and they hear for the first time, like have any of you seen those things where people put on an earpiece and they, they actually can hear their parents' voice for the first time? I'm like, just, I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter which one, those get me every time. The other one that hits me every time is, are these, these, these ads for these kind of glasses called Enchroma. And these Enchroma glasses are really cool. They allow people who, who are colorblind to increase and see the spectrum of color. And it is amazing to me, something that I take for granted all the time. You see how touched people are when all of a sudden they put on these glasses and they're able to see how beautiful and bright the spectrum of color is in this world that they've not been able to enjoy. And it touches me in such a deep place. And I'm like, why am I so... Um, and as a, as a photographer also, I'm like, I know what it's like to see something and be taken in by the beauty. But when people put these glasses on, the beauty of green in the grass, they're realizing that they now get to go into a world with corrected vision to see things the way that they were meant to be seen. And the way that these glasses work, um, and I'm not, I get really nerded out about how things work, and I hope that this connects with what I'm talking about today. It did for me. If not, you can ignore like the next three minutes of my talking. But um, your eyes perceive the spectrum of light through three cones that perceive red, green, and blue. So if you have a TV and you've ever seen RGB, that is the three colors that they come bind to see all of the color spectrum that we have available. And so the RGB color scheme, uh, people who are colorblind, the red and the green are closer. The two cones in their eyes that perceive that are closer. And when you combine red and green, you get brown. And so there is a brown tint to a lot of the colors that people who are colorblind see. And I read that the way that these glasses actually help people see better is um, it actually increases the contrast between the green and the red color spectrum um, to help your eye differentiate. And the way that that connected for me was that very often when we think about how do we make the right choice, that, that what often happens is we try to smooth off the rough edges of how, of how hard it feels to navigate the importance of being together in church today in person 
and caring for people who, are, who have to be at home? How, how do we make a good choice in that way? And so often we, 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 we don't increase the contrast of how important those two things are. We try and smooth it. But when we want to increase the vision, rather than trying to smooth everything out and trying to make everything homogenize, it actually increased the contrast of those cones that, that help us see. And the way that that's played out for me, and I, I can see people right now, they're, they're looking at me the way that a dog looks at an answering machine when its owner's voice comes out, like, I don't understand what's happening here. Um, in reality, the way that's played out for me at LBCF is that Danny, Barb, and I, when we are up here, um, we may present one voice. And behind the scenes, we've had a lot of disagreement. <laughs> and it's been great because what often will happen in my history, I will enter a time where something doesn't set well with me or I have a different viewpoint and it turns into an argument. It turns into, okay, I have to sort of like prep myself to make my views known, but Danny and Barb have graciously said, tell us more about your heart in that. Not tell us less, not make what you view fit what we think, not shave off the sharper parts of what you think, but actually increase the contrast. Tell us more about that. They've remained in a posture of curiosity and I think what often happens as we look to what do we need to do in our community to move forward when there are so many conflicting and contrasting opinions and views is not that we would homogenize everybody's views, but that we would increase the contrast by actually getting to know each other, by asking better questions, by remaining curious with each other. I think the three cones of sight of how we would make a ch choices in 2022 as a church and what I would encourage, encourage us all to consider as we have to ask really tough questions um, is humility, patience, and God's story. Humility and patience in God's story. Those are three things that challenge each of us, no matter where we are at, to where when you are approached by a person who does not see things the way that you do, maybe you are a person who excels at understanding the narrative of God's story, and so you're not so impacted by what's happening immediately because you're thinking 20 years down a line. I would encourage you, Become curious about what other people are bringing to the table because I think that when we can be humble, we can fight off that prideful, arrogant spirit that prevents us from seeing. When we are patient, we can fight off that desperation, that anxiety that calls us to, if I don't make the right choice right now, I'm going to live in a second best life that, that I can't, fully embrace or enjoy the life that God has meant for me. And when we understand God's story, we are much more likely to learn from our history as God's people. 
And I think that that embodies the repentance and rests, the quietness and trusts. So I think that the way that we will be that here at LBCF, I mean, I see repentance and rest, quietness and trust. And when we have opportunities to pray up here, that maybe it would take a amount of repentance in our own heart to come up and just receive prayer. Maybe that would be an expression of rest for you to come up and receive prayer and just let somebody bless you in that way. When we have worship, recentering ourselves around around how are, we, how are we singing as a community? How are we embracing this, this challenge to sing these words which, which might be tough to say at that time? How are we embracing quietness and trust? Um, and I, I was trying to think of how I've had to actually make choices when things feel hazy. Um, there was a time where I was driving from Bishop, where I grew up, to Reno, where I lived for a short period of time, and there was a blizzard, and not a lot of people in South, Southern California have ever had to manage driving in a blizzard, but the lessons that I learned were really important <laughs> at that time because the, the snow and the wind were so crazy that what would normally look like a street was just this blanket of snow that was moving like this. And so it became impossible to, if I was just trusting my eyes and, and the ways that I'm normally sort of tuned out when I'm driving, I had to remember that when a blizzard is happening or when you're driving in really heavy rain or snow, just a little driving tip, I guess, Everybody's. You just pay attention to the white line closest to you. That that becomes your marker. That you're not paying attention to anything else other than that white line. Because as long as you can pay attention to that, you will know that I am at least anchored in the place where I need to be from one point to the next point. And the pace at which you drive needs to be as slow a pace as, as you can stop if it is needed and that you can think clearly. And so when things feel really hazy and things feel hectic as a community in your own personal life, when everything around us is an argument and things just feel so pressed to go quick, repentance, rest, quietness, and trust means that we can do things like slow down Psalm 1, 19 says that his word is a lamp into my feet, a light on my path. We're not called to know what the end of 2022 will look like at all. We're called to do today well. And sometimes doing today well means let's pay attention to the hurting in our community and show up for them as best as we know how that we would show each other grace and patience and mercy and that we would trust each other and love each other enough to know that that 
I truly believe, and I would hope that all of us would, that we are doing that. All of you, despite the choices that each of you has to make, are doing the best you can with what you have. And when we show each other that kind of patience and love, I really think that that sets us up in a good place to follow God's calm voice. And so to decomplicate it, um, I really think it has to do with be with God, be with yourself, and be with others. That those are the three things that we need to be paying attention to as a community. I'm really excited because next week we get to share what our vision for 2022 is. And we've been talking about it for a very long time. Um, and I think that we have really embraced this need to be with God, be with yourself, and be with others. And would our would 2022, our pursuit of God's will for LBCF be marked by repentance, rest, quietness, and trust, and that we would sense that that is the way that we are to walk in it. So now, as I'm closing, uh, we have communion. If you're at home, uh, you can take communion at any point during our closing worship set. Gabby will be up here praying, so if if prayer um, is something that really touches your heart or some, a way that you want to be blessed or maybe just a starting way to embody that repentance, rest, quietness, and trust, I would encourage you to come up here and receive prayer. Um, and then after we close, I will come back up and we will read a benediction together. So let me open up our communion time in prayer. Uh, Lord, thank you that we are a community that has um, embodied taking communion each week. Would this be a, a reminder that you long to be um, so present with us that we do a practice where we actually take something physically in, knowing that our life is in you and that your life is in us. And thank you for the um, life that you live to show us how it's done. Thank you for this community and the ways that, that they have shown grace and patience. And Lord, would you, would you open up our hearts to the risk of being hopeful, of being joyful, and also um, showing up for each other this whole year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.